like you're fucking in one. <laughs> in one? In one what? JR, you look like you had a really long week so far. Oh, dude, it's fine. Right out of the... It's- it's six o'clock here in the West Coast. I haven't been up for two hours and been able to look good and take showers and all that shit. I get out of bed. I put my hat on. Why are we getting up at? Why are we getting up? Like, what time do you get up? Five thirty. Yeah, five thirty. Why? Five thirty. Um, because my wife goes to the barn really early and she trains and takes care of her horses, and then I have to go do shit during the day. So it's kind of like our. Like our real quality time that we get to sit in, have coffee, watch news, talk, uh, stuff about an hour and a half before she leaves. And then I go to the workout. I go to the gym. But today I'm talking to you fine fellas. Give up my morning coffee with my wife for you guys. You're going to the gym? Mm -hmm. Yeah, buddy. Come on. What are you fucking making uh, protein shakes? Because I don't know if the the workouts (laughs) are... uh... I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. You're looking chiseled right now. I I can't I can't outwork a bad diet, man. And when I'm on the road for two <laughs> weeks, when I'm on the road for two weeks, especially in a golf tournament, it is booze, food, and golf and sleep. And the third one is probably the lack of. But oh, it was a hard two weeks. It was a fun two weeks. How'd you make out with your golf tournament? Uh, so I finished fifth. I finished fifth. I was second going into the last round, and I doubled the 18th hole with a stupid, stupid shot to 18 that cost me two spots. I should have finished third, but I finished fifth. But I hit the ball great. I hit the. I played really, really well. Really well. Well, good for you, Marty. Mar- Marty right. Fish. Marty Fish won again. Like could somebody else win one of these tournaments. Marty, Marty Fish, Fish, like the, the the tennis yeah. player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait, yeah. you golfed? You golfed with him? I didn't golf with Marty. Uh, my last round, I played with uh, Chad Pfeiffer, who is um, he's an amputee uh, veteran. Um, that is, uh, he's one of the celebrity veteran um, golfers that won the. Uh, the amputee, the, the amputee, um, well, what's he, what's amputated? What was amputated? His leg, his, his, his left leg. So he was golfing with one fucking leg. Like, obviously he had a prosthetic on. He had a prosthetic. Yeah. He had a prosthetic. Holy shit. How was he? He he shoots 71 to 75 every time. Get out of here. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was with Annika Sorenstam the last day too, which was pretty cool. Okay, so, so serious question: Is he a lefty golfer, or a righty golfer? Because that matters. Like, I'm I'm curious to know. He's a righty. He's a righty. So it's he's a right. So he's a righty, and he has a yeah. prosthetic left leg. Yeah. So he did. Yeah. He. That, that's your started. front foot. If you're a righty, is it not? Yeah. That would be your front foot. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. it's pretty unbelievable. He's pretty. He's very very steady, right? So he stays. He stays on kind of on his heel of his left of of his prosthetic leg of his foot it stays on his heel it doesn't really go over it so he kind of turns his foot sideways so that he has a little so bit where's it where is it amputated above the knee below the knee um at the knee yeah, oh at, at the, the knee. knee okay okay yeah okay interesting yeah interesting yeah. wow great great okay. guy great guy great guy uh that's awesome marty fish great guy unbelievable documentary <laughs> untold on netflix if anyone hasn't seen it absolutely <laughs> incredible I don't know, JR, have you seen he's, that? He's a, he's a, lef- he's a lefty. He's is he? A lefty. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's um he's a great guy. Very 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 good golfer. He actually he actually played in the Minnesota PGA tournament last year. Um, missed the cut, but you know he was got an exemption into uh, one of the PGA tournaments last year. It's pretty cool. Yeah, really. Anyway, really cool documentary about Marty Fish on uh, on Netflix. I think it's called so Break, Breaking Point. We're good, how man. You, you know, we did the. Hey, we by did the, the way, the, by, by the way, unlike how I look, you guys look spectacular. Jesus Christ! I feel spectacular. Thank you. I feel great right now, Jr. This is going to yeah, be a good day because I have a lot of. Uh, I've got the vibe going, man. I'm going to tell you. You got it going. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if we 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 probably don't want to get into the sabers. Um, but I just I want. On Twitter, okay, I sent out a clip, a clip this morning because I watched the game again. And I don't know if you watched the Owen Power goal. Owen Power last night scored a goal. He scored a literally, a, he came on the back door and tapped it in. But you wouldn't yeah. believe the movement, okay, of the Sabres on this shift. It was like a good 40-second shift of these guys crisscrossing, I I, dropping I passes. I saw a replay of it. It was pretty good. It, yeah, it's really good. Like the, but have you seen Craig's narration over the video though? No, I have not. No. I have not. No, because he said he just sent it out. I just woke no, up. No, he he did. He oh yeah, that's right. You just woke up. I'm sure you didn't wake up to the ding of his tweet. Um he uh yeah. Am I wrong when I when I <laughs> dude you're you're such a fucking tool. It's unbelievable. Like <laughs> like just for once in your life. Just be serious about something and say, you know what, Ribs, I agree or disagree, but I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I sat there and I watched this and I re rewound this goal over and over. And it was just like, we haven't seen talent like this on a team here in Buffalo in well over a decade. That's number one. Okay. Number two, we have not seen a player of the caliber of Tage Thompson right now and how he's playing, we have not seen that in well over a decade. And in order to have a team that even remotely has a chance to make the playoffs, you need to have elite game breakers. And right now, you know, Tage Thompson is, is playing world-class hockey and he's got supporting staff. Alex Tuck is lights out jeff skinner who have i've shit on this guy for I've years wanted, I, I, and I, how I, he I plays wanted, i actually wanted to talk about jeff skinner a little bit today because he's got 20 goals i mean he's he's benefiting from talk from thompson uh, but he's playing listen, I, listen he's, I, he's no but hold on but he's playing with more energy and more more i think um energy you know he's playing with more yeah. gusto and you know that's what happens when you when you play like that. So good for him. Yeah, listen. I mean, Jeff Skinner. Like I said, I've I I, I haven't liked things. Trey Bate, baby. Trey Bate. I mean, man, it's th this is what happens, right? This is just simply what happens when you. I would trade him away for almost anything, but now all of a sudden, this has not been a week thing or a month thing. This has been Jeff Skinner playing at a very very high level. And Jeff Skinner is, is part of the, let's not listen. Tage Thompson's having world-class season. And so is Alex Tuck. Let me tell you something. Jeff Skinner has a lot to do with that. He has played insanely good hockey. And, and I sit there and say, these guys are all benefiting. 
because they're all playing at a high level. And I, I, I truly believe this, that these all three players wouldn't be having the same success if they didn't have all of the pieces on this line. I think all of them, Jeff Skinner has made more offensive plays. He's known to score goals. He's known to be a sniper. He right. But made- if you could trade him, you would trade him. I don't care. I don't care. No offense, Jeff. Think, you're you're playing great, but I mean, I think at if, this, I think at this point, I think at this point, and I agree with you, Petey, because at this point, you take advantage of a guy who's playing really well right now, who's got stats, who's making a big number that all of a sudden can turn around next year and be a dud. Like, what are you What are you going to trade him for? Like, what are you going to trade him for? Second round pick, take half his salary. How about a year? Fuck, how about, I don't know. Talking about, about a guy that scores thirty about, goals a well, year. But it's every, nine million dollars. It's nine million dollars, you know, and listen, you'll never be able. No, it's, to, it's seven million. He doesn't score thirty a year. He doesn't score it's seven. A year. It's seven million dollars for Jeff Skinner, and I'm going to tell you million. why. I know why, Craig. It's fucking obvious. I know why, no. and it doesn't work. Why? That theory doesn't work. Why? Well, because because Tage Thompson's playing like a $10 million player, so you're saving $3 million there. So technically, you know, take that off Skinner. No, it's, not it's how it basically works. just flip-flop the two salaries. Yeah, well, imagine you could find a first-line winger to play on his line, produce like Skinner, do other things that Skinner doesn't do, and make $5 million. So I, I have something for you then, and you tell me if this is something that would interest you or or not interest you. Jeff Skinner um, has been playing some fantastic hockey. If you had the ability to trade him with a first-round draft pick and one of those first-round picks, okay, of last year, whether I don't care if it's Savoy, the Oslin, or the Coolidge. For what? For Timo Meyer. Yes. Yeah, of course, but San Jose is not doing that. Why wouldn't they? You're getting a guy who is basically scoring 30 goals a year. But you're getting that in Timo Meyer. I know that, but you're also Would you rather with have that Timo Meyer or Jeff you're getting, you're getting a younger you're getting a younger younger player that's in Timo Meyer, correct? I Jeff Skinner, I think, is thirty. Um Timo Meyer is twenty seven. Jeff Skinner right Jeff now. Skinner, has Jeff Skinner will riv riv at, at the risk of burning a ton of time talking about this hypothetical deal. Jeff Skinner, if the Sabers were to make a move for Timo Meyer, Jeff Skinner will not be involved in the deal. I'm sorry, Mike Greer is not going to be looking for a 30 year old guy who's never played in the playoffs to come and be on that team as a, as a part of a rebuild. It's just not whether he's making nine million or four point five or six million or whatever because they're. Picking up salaries, it's not going to happen. Is well, that unfair? It's, def- it's no, it's definitely one to look at. Um, and and I might be wrong, but I look at Jeff Skinner as a very talented player. I mean, he has scored thirty uh, a couple times, a few times. He he has been known to disappear at times, whether that's through injury or just through lack of confidence. But when you have somebody like that that is going hard right now and you're trying to rebuild the system and make the system better, he could be one of the guys that another team will look at that to get something of 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 substance back. Um, what that is, I don't know what you're saying with Timo Meyer. Maybe that's not the deal. So but- Timo Meyer, uh, JR, has been rumored to be involved with, uh, you know, trade with 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 Buffalo. 
Okay. He's going to be a hot commodity production wise. He's, he's a very, a very good hockey player, you know, 26 years old. He's got 27 goals this year, JR, 47 points in 48 games. Okay. okay and but let's look at his goals, his goals though. He started off the season. He didn't score for the first 15 games. Okay. Okay. So you take 15 games off the, off the 48 games 48, yeah. he has. Yep. Okay. That's so like he's got 33 he's got games. Goals. Yeah. He's got 20, 20 some odd goals in 33 games. I mean, the guy can light the, light the lamp. Um, he, he's he's a he's going to be a hot commodity. There's no question. I, I I question why San Jose would want to get rid of him, though. I'll tell you why. Yeah, we talked about this Timo, yesterday. Timo Meyer has um a ten million dollar qualifier this year. So he signed a deal a twenty a four year deal for twenty four million, making six million dollars a year. But it was set up where the last year of the deal, which is this year, he has a ten million dollar qualifier. It's a lot of money, Jr. That is a lot of money for of money. for his his type of player. Is Timo Meyer is Timo Meyer capable of scoring fifty? He scores twenty eight last night. Um, it's a good uh, good question. I know he has twenty seven goals. Um, give me a, give me a second here. He has twenty eight really, goals. Really, he has twenty eight really goals in forty nine games. So so. In that sense, Riv, you look at his ability to score goals, right? So let's let's take his awful start in 15 games and whatever happened in his 15 games. But in essence, he has 28 goals in 30, 34 games. I mean, that's that's Connor McDavid numbers when you look at what he's done since game 15 of the of the of the beginning of the season. So I, I definitely think he can be a 50 goal scorer. So at some point, he's going to be a 10. $10 million player if he does what he's capable of doing. Now, can you pay somebody on, on, you know, future, uh, you know, future goals or future stats? I, I don't believe that, but that's a tough, that's a real tough call. Cause if Greer's, gets rid of him and he turns into a 50 goal scorer and doesn't get the proper things back. That's a, that's a bad but I, move. But I think, yeah, but I think it, with that thought, with that thought, and, and I completely under here and understand what you're saying, but in in defense of the Greerzy move, I would just say it's more because I don't think like he's twenty. What is he? Rib? He's twenty seven. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. When does he turn twenty seven? October eighth. Okay, so he's twenty seven next year. If yeah, Greerzy, my, my daughter. It's my daughter's birthday. birthday. Well, then that, it's no coincidence. We're talking about this. <laughs> the the so Greerzy probably thinks that. If you sign him to a seven or eight year deal and you're paying him eight or $9 million, by the time this team is actually good with what he has to do in order to turn the franchise around after all those years of winning, and we've seen it with other teams, Timo Meyer will be five years into this deal and he'll be, he will have just been a high paid player on a rebuilding team. And I think maybe there's part of it where Greerzy would like to maybe get a few pieces, young pieces that he can integrate into his team slowly, you know, take his lumps, get some high draft picks over the next couple of years. And Timo Meyer doesn't want to be on board with that. So get what you can for him 
instead of letting him rot. That's my opinion. How many know. teams in the league have the ability to? So, so I don't. I don't see Timo Meyer as a ten million dollar player. That's just me. Um, I, I said nine. Just to be clear, I said nine. Okay. But I, even I thought think, that was I think high. you're super stretching it at nine. I, I thought so too. But I mean, if right. he's a, if he scores forty five goals this year, he's not getting less. Well, it, it's going to come down to how many teams in the league right now have the ability to qualify a player for $10 million. How many teams out of 32 teams in the league have the ability to qualify or 31 teams in the league? Well, it won't come to that because the, the notice there it is, it is 32. You're right. It, it, it won't come to that simply because I think that Mike Greer is quoted as saying, if they agree, agree on a trade package with a team that that team can then have permission to speak to the agent about a contract extension. So, you know, he will sign before he's traded or there will be some kind of an agreement yeah. on the table yeah. before he's traded because no team's going to trade for him with the uncertainty of, you know, what his contractual status is. Is, is Timo Meyer a play that you would, a player that you would be trading for? And feel comfortable paying him nine million dollars a year, Jr. Jr. <laughs> you know, it, it, the only reason that I wouldn't, I would say no, is because he's been stuck out in San Jose with zero, zero press, zero attention. Nobody watches him. Nobody sees him. You don't see what type of player he is every single day, unless you're a big Sharks fan and you watch games on, you know. On uh, on the NHL um, on the NHL channels, um, but I think if you watch this kid night in night out, the kid's dynamic. I mean, every time he's on the ice, something happens. So, the, my 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 answer really quickly would be yes, would be yes, because I think he is kind of like that Tage Thompson type breakout player that all of a sudden gets his his mojo and goes off the off the planet in terms of his production levels because he's do, me, he's doing it this year. My question is this player Craig, go ahead. tell me which player you would take a Philip Forsberg or a Timo Meyer. Very similar type players, right? They yes, have skill, they have goal scoring abilities, um, mm-hmm. you know, big parts of their team. And and both of you guys right now are kind of looking and saying that's a great comparison, right? You have two guys like you have um, last year, Philip Forsberg had to sign a contract. He played 69 games last year and had 42 goals and 84 points. Am I okay. crazy for maybe thinking Philip Forsberg? Okay. That's, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't no, even, I don't know. I wouldn't I even have crazy. a, I don't think it's crazy. No, it's not. Crazy. I, would, I would probably, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that it's a, probably a two year age gap, right? Philip Forsberg is 28, 29. Yes. Yes. So I would take Tamo Meyer only spe- specifically on age. Okay. So when when I look at this, when when Philip Forsberg signed his contract, he was twenty seven. Okay. So he was one year um, older than what Timo Meyer is going to do when he signs his contract. They're very similar type players. They're 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 ultimately the same size. They play the same way. They have skills that can make plays, but they also are 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 dynamic scores. Both guys are in the same situation. Now, Nashville 
as an unrestricted free agent last year, Nashville ended up signing Philip Forsberg for eight and a half million dollars on an eight-year deal, sixty-eight million. And I look at that and I say, would you guys feel comfortable signing an eight-year deal for Timo Meyer? If you were to, tr- if if Mike Greer goes and makes a move to trade. Timo Meyer to the Buffalo Sabres, they're going to have a deal set in place beforehand, right? Are you comfortable with signing eight and a half million dollars for Timo Meyer? Yes. No, I am. No, I am. Uh, uh, how, much, how, how much, how much have you watched Timo Meyer, Petey? The, the, again, I'll say this. This is you're, you're not, watching. You're, you're watching to you're do thinking, with nothing to do with the player. It is nothing to do with the player. It's only his it? age. It's it's you're giving a 27 year old guy eight years. How that's good ulti- is he- it's ultimately the prime though. Well, I'm actually starting to wonder if the prime on these players are like 23 to 29. No, they're not. Yeah, the, the GM, the GMs, the GMs have put themselves in this stupid situation by starting giving all these long term contracts, which has pretty much screwed them in every almost every situation possible. So they have set the precedent. So you can't go against the precedent when you've already, when you created it, you know? So Craig, I think you're wrong. I think, I think the prime on these players are younger and younger for these players that are making seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven million. 11 million. Like, well, what players? Well, like your Jack Hughes, uh, your Tage Thompson's, uh, your Trevor Zegris. Uh, I'm, i these are guys that are just coming off the top of my head. These are not, yeah. these are not guys that I'm using that I've thought about. Um, I don't know, Connor McDavid, um, Connor I mean, McDavid's an anomaly okay, that okay, shouldn't okay, be put in okay, anyone's category. Fine, I won't put him in that Cage category. Thompson is, <laughs> Cage Thompson is 20, 25. I said 25 to 29. Said I, said 23 to, I said 23 to 29. So Tage Thompson's right there. Like, well, I that's what I'm saying. The, I think I'm the saying, anomalies wait, here, I think the anomalies off, here by are Ovechkin and Crosby. Those are the anomalies. Like, like McDavid's young and 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 full of piss and vinegar, so he's he's doing what he's expected to do. His greatness will show what he does: 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36. And am I confident that Timo Meyer will be crushing it in the NHL at 30, 31, 32, 33? I I can't say yes, but I would rather give an eight year deal to a a twenty three or twenty four year old. Than a twenty-seven-year-old is all I'm saying. Well, sure, sure, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, I know that goes without saying. I know that. But don't easily, you don't you think that say, his but, age right now, Timo Meyer, his age is perfect for the Sabers? Could you pay him a little more on a shorter term deal, like a five-year deal for ten yeah, million? Yeah, well, why, 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 why don't you why don't you back it down? You go heavy on the top, and you go lighter on on the back end when he gets. You know, I mean, that's always the possibility. But it's still too, we're but, worried about the cap hit, not the actual dollar. Uh, amount. Well, we also, yeah, but you also have to remember what you said is that cap hit is that cap is is rising significantly, which is going to open up a lot, lot more cash for for a lot of teams to be able to use. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that's a that's another thing to look forward to for some of these teams that are looking to get somebody like like Tama. He looks forward but, to it more. The teams or the players, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if, hey, listen, if you look at the races, look at the races um, in in the National Hockey League. There's some 
some good races. I mean, Buffalo is what two, three spots, three three points out of a out of that wild card spot, and or three two. games in hand. Three game, three games in hand. They have the same they have the same schedule as Washington, which is is beneficial. Obviously, they cannot they cannot have any slumps the rest of the way, in in order to make it. You know, for me, it's right. like you're you're looking at the Washington Capitals who are sitting in the second wild card spot. It's some it's 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 a it's a a team that I think is slowly on its way down. Okay, they have all the TJ yeah. Oshie and the Backstrom and the Kuznetsovs and and what is uh, wrong? What, what, what is wrong with Backstrom? He, he he was he was injured. He was out with a with a with he's a been surgery. Injured like three years. He's been injured for like three years. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. Not, he's not the biggest of guys, but I know he hasn't played too much over the last couple of years. But yeah, um, and listen, I mean, there's a lot of wear and tear that that's going on the body. Did you guys read that article of that guy who um, who dissected my comment about um, Stamkos being a better all around player or than than Ovechkin? I think he took a lot of he took a lot of uh, distaste to my to my comment about the comparisons between Ovechkin and Stamkos that I did on our show here. He wrote yeah. a whole article and absolutely dissected everything about Ovechkin and Stamkos. I kind of I, I kind of what, were, what were the major talking points? Because if if you were to <laughs> ask me, because both those two guys are are obviously super world class players, super, super players. Well, I said I. What I said on this show, which is what he took offense to. Did he mention said, the show? That's what's most important. Um, probably not, because uh, obviously I'm still relevant enough for him, to, for this guy to, you know, throw a whole article on fucking on, on, on the web about what I said and literally dissect Ovechkin to, because, you know, I said, I talked about Ovechkin because he's played with Backstrom his whole career. Like if he didn't play with Backstrom, would he be, be you know, where he is today? That's, I mean, that's, Arguably a good, good question. I called him the best goal scorer I've ever seen, but I compared Stamkos to being a better all-around player that makes the, his teammates around him better because of the style that he plays. Right, his assists, uh, his plus-minus, the way he plays defense. He's still a goal scorer. Like Ovechkin plays a an unbelievable game, but you can't tell me that Ovechkin's a good defensive player. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that, Jr. Right you now, but if, if you, you would can't ask tell me, me before, you, you can't tell me that you can't tell me that Ovechkin is a world class playmaker. You can't tell me that. Is he oh, a hard hitter? Yeah. Is he is he exciting? Yeah. Can he snipe like nobody else's business? Absolutely, best goal scorer I've ever seen. You know, yeah. Stamkos just scored his 500th goal. Congratulations to, to Steven. He's had an amazing career. He scored 60 in the league. So I mean, you can't compare them in in the goal scoring. Exa- for sure, because of Ovechkin, just like I listen in every, in every other every other category. I don't know if I'm um, picking I, I thought, I one player to start my franchise with. Of those two, I and I, I this has nothing to do with our conversation today. If you had asked me this an hour ago without prefacing it about the article, I would have said Steven Stamkos. Me too. Me too. I, I mean, because they they actually, I mean. Yeah, he had he had some good surrounding support to help him integrate into the league, but eventually it became Stamkos' team, and then they added Hedman, and they had Kucherov and things like that. But he was an initial building block, and so was yeah, Ovechkin. He's been there the longest, but he's been there the longest. But you know, um, I mean, I would absolutely Stamkos. 
Stamkos just uh, there's there's only one reason why there's only one reason why you would take Stamkos over Ovechkin is when you look at both of them they're both ultimately the the same type of player they're both elite shooters they're elite goal scorers they're wicked on the power play they can make plays offensively I find Steve Stamkos is a much, and I mean a much better defender. He's a much better defensive type player. He's also play. He's not just a right winger that's played in this league. Steve Stamkos has played many years at center in this league. Okay, you have to be re- defensively responsible, or you don't play center at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that Steve Stamkos has another element to his game that makes him that much more of a complete player. Now, Ovi we can't we can't deny is a better goal scorer than Steve Stamkos by far not but well we wouldn't even say yeah, by, by far, far JR when no, you're scoring 45 that's how, and that's how that's how good of a goal scorer Alex Ovechkin is he scored over 800 goals Stamkos just scored his 500 I mean he's he's 300 goals more than Stamkos that's by far a better goal scorer in the same generation so and they came you know, in the league around the same time. Now I know Stamkos has missed a lot more time with injuries and stuff. He had the broken leg. He had, I think he had a blood clot or something too. I feel like he had he missed a bunch of time. But yeah, I would like to know. I would like to know there. I would like to because I didn't really dive into that guy's article too much. But I would like to know how many years. And maybe you can look it up, Riv, because you're in front of the computer. How many years did did Alex Ovechkin have? more goals than assists well pretty much every year <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about <laughs> no we're, we're talking about all around five even the players. year that he had what was over off the top of your head what was always most points in a year 100 but, but listen, we're talking about what we're, we're talking about all around players and about when you when you talk about making other players around you better what what is the one key stat that allows that to, to be a, a assist a, a, Assists, but I bet Thank a lot you. of his assists come off that one-time clapper off the side, just pucks laying down in the crease with a rebound. Some, some lucky bastard just batting him home. You don't think it's, you don't think Ovechkin has more fucking lucky assists the way he shoots? That's what I mean. So how many? That's what I'm saying. So what was, what oh, is the oh. question that you just asked me? How many seasons? Seasons does Alex Ovechkin have more assists? Than no, goals? no more, no more. Well, or you can say it either way. Yes. Okay, so how many do you think he's played? How many? Think, how many I, in the league? Eighteen. How many seasons? Eighteen seasons. One, two, three, four. He's played eighteen seasons, including this year. In, including this year, and there has okay. been four seasons. I was just going to say four. that Alex Ovechkin has was, more assists than goals. I was just going to say four. I swear to God, I was going to say four. Okay, that's that, that's unheard of. That, I mean, that is that's Cy Young. That's Cy Young material all day, left, right, and center. Okay, now go to Stamkos. You're asking a lot, I, was, I, was, right now. I know, but listen, that's why we're on this fucking podcast so we can fucking talk about shit like this and he probably has eight i mean he's got around the same amount of seasons right uh, so 
He has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen seasons, and he wow. has had one, two, three, four, five, six seasons out of fifteen where he scored, where he's had more assists than goals. Still percentage, still percentage is pretty good. Still, well, it's it's a lot what's, lower what's, than what, what, what you would think, what, right? Yeah. What's the what's what's his plus minus? It should his career plus minus. Damn close. It's right there, right at the bottom. Career. It does not have the career. Wait, plus what did you minus. count, Craig? I count eight seasons where he had more assists than goals. Like he, there's okay. So, so Jr. Do you count? I guess not more assists than goals, but if he has twenty three goals and twenty three assists in his rookie year. Well, how was that a wash? That's a pretty balanced. That's pretty balanced. Yeah, that's pretty balanced. It's balanced. So, so it's yeah, balanced, that, but that's not the question that was asked. Yeah, yeah. It's you can't. I guess you can't count it as more because not. But it's funny that there's not a plus minus at the bottom of your of your career stats for both players. But anyway. I, you know, we don't have to harp on it. I, I just, there were seven, seven seasons. Sorry, JR. I didn't even look at the season where he played 17 games. He had nine goals and 11 assists. So that was another one. So he played seven, uh, seven, seven out of 15. Um, so anyway, I, I just thought it comical. I just want, I wanted to bring it up. And if this guy is listening to our podcast again, I just want to say thanks for making me relevant and keeping me relevant in your, in your assessment of my assessment. I really appreciate it. But unfortunately, I'm right and he's wrong. He's just a bigger Ovechkin fan that took took offensive to what I said. So just had to throw that in there. So I, in there. I mean, hey, <clears throat> I think he just wanted to go to battle with a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think he's a huge Ovechkin fan. He's probably from Washington. He's probably from Washington and, and saw me say something. So he thought it was a hey, you thought it was a good, uh, uh, you know, a good opinion, argument. opinion makes for great good, debate, but I, I mean, I, I, I think it's a stretch of an argument, but it's easy to take that argument because he has 800 and yeah. some goals. Well, that's but the thing. It's sure. like, you're like, how do you debate all these guys debate each other? Steve stamp goes yeah. against, you know, Ovechkin. you're debating a uh, Crosby, uh, to, you know, who would you rather have Crosby or, 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 uh, McDavid, you know, I mean, they're all, they all have things that the other one doesn't okay and that's what makes them special and makes them great because they found ways to be super elite in the greatest game in the world in the greatest league and you know you can you'll never you'll never have someone in a debate like this with steve stamkos and alice oveshkin and which one you would rather have to start a, a franchise you're going to be debating till you're blue in the face because you'll never have people that are that will agree just like if we were to have the debate right now who would you rather have, a Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovech or or a uh, Connor McDavid? Are you, okay, well, without looking, do you know what Sidney Crosby's doing this year? He's having a great year, lighting like, it up. Have you seen his statistics? You want to talk about a guy that gets completely thrown under the radar because you have, you know, lacrosse style goals and all this other shit going on around the league, and the game's getting well, young. It's his age. It's his age too. He's thirty-five years old. You know what he's doing, Riv? I see you. I see you humming through it, hockey DB. I, 
I don't know what he's doing, but I would imagine that he's probably, I'll try and guess his statistics. Okay. As you just looked at him, try to shimmy him a little bit and then make it. I sound didn't, like I didn't look guess. at him. Um, it's what he does. JR, he looks at the stats and he goes, he goes off by one goal and two points. He's like, Oh yeah. So I was in the ballpark. So that makes him a smart person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's fuming over there. What's he got? No, Riff? no I'm trying to figure it out in my head. I'm going to say 22 goals. And I'm going to say 30, 50, 30, 58 points, 58 points. I'm, I'm 35 assists. 58 points. And what did I say? Off by one in each direction. He has 23 goals, 34 assists. That's what he does. He went and looked it up on his computer to his right. And then he goes, I'm going to say he has mm, 20. Yeah, he does. He has 57 How points. Many points 57 so I was, 47 I, I, was, I was I was one off I was one off in points and I I don't have anything nothing Bullshit that's cuz you looked before you no, always I, you always look up no. to see what Crosby did the night You know what he's no, he's a pretty impressive I, the player right the only, the only thing I looked at before the show is I looked at goals obviously with Connor McDavid and and Drysidle and, and and Thompson looked up point I mean uh with Pasternak looked up points you know, looked up the goalies, looked up all the all the top three stats of all the top players. That's all I look at. I could I could tell, like I couldn't tell you even close what Malkin's at. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you what Bergeron's at. I couldn't tell you what, um, you know, what uh, Malkin's at a point um, a game this year. Like he has forty seven points in forty seven games, something like that. A little bounce back, little bounce back year for him. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you no. Know, uh, there was that you were talking about how close the uh, the standings are. Mm-hmm. Are you are you looking at the West at all? Have you seen? Have you seen the West? The West is about is a lot is a lot tighter than the East in terms of in terms of getting into that wild card spot. Even you know Seattle. I mean Seattle. The fact that they're in that situation, good for them, man. They've they've done an amazing job this year. Um, but there's a there's. Minnesota continues to disappoint me. I don't know why Minnesota can't put something together here. They're they're still in it, but it's I don't know if they're going to be able. Well, Minnesota's to... uh, one point out of a of yeah, a wild card, but they also have two games in hand. So yeah, but but we expected more from Minnesota, right? That, that's... Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of what did you think sure... about how how what did you think about how Vancouver handled Bruce Boudreaux's situation? Vancouver's been a mess since since they probably for the last two or three years. What this is their third coach in they're three paying, years. They're still paying three coaches seven million dollars. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're still paying Travis Green. Right? Travis Green seven point five million. They just fired Bruce Boudreaux, who makes two million, and now they've brought in Rick Tockett making two point seven five million. <laughs> so they're paying three three coaches right now. It's just it's unbelievable, and you know what? There's there's talent on that team. Yeah, there is. I mean, you look you you look at some of the players on that team. It's it's kind of shocking that they cannot put three games together. I mean, it's what what is it? Is it is it is it a lot like? Is it is it the locker room where they have just bad bad chemistry of the talent? Or bad chemistry of the personalities. Like, is Bo Horvat a, a, a real good leader, or is he not a good leader? Because he's not getting these guys to play 
the type of game that they should be winning hockey games. Because you guys have seen this team play when they can play well, and they they route teams. They fucking beat big t- big time teams, but it's 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 a here or there. It's not consistent. Did you so, guys see the statistics on that game last night? Chicago Blackhawks uh, played uh, the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Did you see the shots on goal? No, I was asleep. I didn't even watch it. Go ahead. Forty eight shots for the Canucks. Fourteen for Chicago. Wow. What was the score? Uh, five, uh, five, two, um, Vancouver. Um, well, that was a minor league team. I mean, Chicago's a minor league team right now. So, yeah. Well, that was nice of them yeah. to give, uh, you know, Rick talk at a couple days of practice and the easiest fucking team in the league to play against is his first make sure Boudreaux coaches his game that he knows he's not playing against the best fucking offensive team in the league here. Let's throw Boudreaux's squad out against the Oilers and McDavid. <laughs> For his last game, hockey dang. Did Boudreaux get, get thrown under the bus? Yeah, Boudreaux coached that game on Saturday night, and he has already knew he was being replaced by Rick. Yeah, it was, it was reported that he was being replaced on Monday. So he coached the game on Saturday night, and it was already out in the media that he was being replaced by Rick Talkett on Monday. Wow. I, I, I really like Bruce Boudreaux. I don't know if got, if you guys know him or anything like that, but he's a he's an awesome, awesome, awesome person, and you know he's a good coach. And I again, I, I blame the players. I blame the players for not for not playing for the, for the guy. Now is 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 having a player that is more relevant in terms of his playing time, like Rick Tockett played in the in the eighties and nineties, a little bit into the two thousands. Uh, are these players going to react or respond better to a, a guy with a reputation like Rick Tockett rather than they did a Bruce Rudro? Is Tock going to get these guys to you know to play the way that he wants them to play and have that that accountability? I mean, and I know Rutherford tried to get Tock to come before they hired Bruce Rudro, but Tock said no. So I don't know. This it's just it's a this team frustrates me like no other because of the I guess players what, what's the direction where are they going to go what is the direction right now if you're looking at this team okay with Brock Besser uh JT Miller that they just signed to an eight-year deal for eight million mm-hmm. um you have yep. Bo Horvat your captain that makes 5.5 million dollars but he's playing like a ten and a half million dollar player they can't afford to pay him that money because he's not worth that money and then you have to sign a a rookie that's 26 years old that's exploded onto the scenes who's an unrestricted free agent in uh Kuzmenko, okay, the, the the Russian player that came over. He's shredding it right now. He's another player, but they're losing. They're losing with all these players. So at what point do you basically make a uh a complete left turn and just say we are gonna shut this thing and go in a different direction? And that's you're going gonna to have be- to you're, you're gonna have to find you're going to have to assess the worst apple in the locker room. Now, what whether there that, is no worst apple, like this is just not, a, there's there not, it has to be, no, there it doesn't, ha- there doesn't yes, have to there be. Is. Yes, there is. There's, you can't have a, a team with that many good players. Okay. With that many good players and be as fucking bad as they, as they have been this year. You can't, I mean, you can't, you, 
there's something there's something that's not that's not clicking. And you mean to tell me that all those players are just having bad seasons all at the same time? Bo, Bo Horvat's having a good season. What's well, the other kid? What's what's the other dynamic? Kid I don't there know that, this that, person. I don't Pedersen. know. I don't know this Pedersen. person. I, I, I have no I know he has a very talented hockey player, but I don't believe that Oliver Ekman Larson has the best reputation that follows him when it comes here to Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Right here. Right here. So for those so that can't see thumbs down, there. yep. Two thumbs I'll down. I'll tell you, I will tell you, I won't tell I won't tell you who told me, but I heard that in Phoenix it, it he was the the most disappointing captain that they that they've had there because he just didn't give a shit and he accepted losing because he lost so much and he just he made way too many mistakes and didn't prepare the right way and was too lackadaisical and and he seems like he's 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 having the same situation there they have Connor Garland okay who is so full of himself because of how he played in his early days in Phoenix. And, you know, is he goes up there and he's an average player now. Um, you know, these players that have the potential that don't put in the work or think that they're better than they are, and then they, they fall apart. Like Connor Garland is a, is a perfect example of someone who thinks he was a lot better than he is because he was getting the points in Phoenix. He was getting the attention in Phoenix. He goes to Vancouver and he's just an average player because I don't know, is his size catching up to him? It's just too much talent in Vancouver. There is a bad egg in that locker room and you have to find it and get rid of it. That's my I think opinion. they for me, I think that they have some good players. Um, they have some very talented players, you know, Bor Horvat, JT Miller, um, Pedersen, um, Kazmenko is, um, having a really good season, but they lack big time on defense. Okay. They lack, uh, uh, you know, stay at home, shut down dynamic defense. They lack in depth on the forward line. I don't care how good your top five forwards are. Because you still have to play seven other ones. You understand? Like, I mean, you're only as good as the depth of your team. You're not, you, no team except for, and this is an exception, Edmonton Oilers are a team that does not have great depth, but they have arguably the two best players in the world playing on their team that hold who, who, them. Who, who has, sorry to interrupt you, who has a better roster? The Vancouver Canucks or the Seattle Kraken? For me, 100% the Kraken. For real? Yes. I, 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 I strongly believe that. And I think they're... Who's the best player on the Kraken? Uh, well, the, here's the thing. They don't have stars. But they okay, have... Does, does, does Vancouver have stars? Yes. Okay. I think a star. I How think Petter, I think Pedersen Hughes? is a star, and I think JT Hughes? Miller is a Pet star. Hughes and, is a star. And Quint, yep, Quentin Hughes is a star. Oh, you're not going to throw Bo, Bo, Bo Horvat? No, I'm not going to throw Bo Horvat because yes. Bo Horvat has never been a star in his entire well, life. He's a, he's a star 50. right now. He's a star right now. Give me shit. I don't, and and oh. that's why they're in a problem where they're going to have to pay him $10.5 a million dollars for what he's doing in only one year of his entire career. Okay. Let's uh, 
so on defense, on defense for for the Kraken, who 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 do they have on defense? I love them, absolutely love their defense core, and that's this is this is amazing that you're asking the question. They don't have dynamic superstars, but they have players okay. like, for an this example, is what I'm saying. This is what I'm just, saying to you, Riv. This is what I'm saying to you. It's a it's they have dynamic players because they work. They have dynamic players because they follow the system yes. together and they yes. are bonded and they work their balls off. I watched the Seattle Kraken in, in Chicago. They scored six goals on seven shots and absolutely blew the fucking Now, granted, it is the Chicago Blackhawks, but this team was on an eight-game win streak at the time. And they fucking ran through everybody because they are positioned perfect. They yeah. work their balls off. They do everything well defensively. They are relentless and they push teams out. Now they do that because they don't have what you call the superstars. And that's what I'm telling you that Vancouver doesn't, the mentality in that locker room is not like the mentality that's in the Seattle Kraken's locker room. And that's, there's, right. that's why they don't win. And that they has have, to be nipped in the bud. Like when you, when you look at, you know, Seattle, they have, they have solid goaltending. They've got solid going. Philip Grubauer has been solid for them. Uh, Martin Jones, Jones who no, it's good. He's been he, I mean, he was good. terrible in San Jose, terrible, but I'm going to tell you something. He's got a lease on life in a new city and he's playing very well. I go to the next thing. When you look at the makeup of this team, what kind of defenseman is Will Borgen? I never even heard of him. That's that's why you underestimate this team. Will Borgen is big. He can skate like the wind, and he's super physical, and he's a defender. When you look at Jamie uh, Alexiak, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. He is a great skater, and he's six, physical, seven, and he's 267. When you look at Carson Soucy, Okay. He used to be with uh, Minnesota Wild. He's 6'5", 210 pounds. When you look at Adam Larson, used to play for Edmonton Oilers. He's a six foot two, six foot three, 215 pound defenseman. Good, good player. Very, he's very, a, Larson's a very good player. And by the he's way, he's a defender he's, first. He's the worst four guys he's, that he's I just a, named are very, very good defenders, but then they sprinkle in a Justin Schultz and they sprinkle in a Vince Dunn guys that can really move up the ice yeah. with yeah, that I offensive like talent. Guys. Their I defense like core is outstanding. And then you look at the offensive Andre Borvashevsky, who won a Stanley Cup in the Colorado who, Avalanche? Who, who? Nikolai Borshevsky? Yeah, Berkowski. <laughs> no, Berkowski. <laughs> Matt 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 Beniers, Jordan Eberle, um, Jared Tanev. McCann, Yanni Tanev. Gord, who won a couple Stanley Cups in in. Uh, you you know, that Tanev, that Tanev, that Tanev is Tanev. A awesome player. But listen, yeah. these are all these are all third and second line players. Yep, that work their bag off. Yes. Okay. And that's what I'm telling you that Vancouver doesn't have. They don't have top that they don't have their best players that play with energy and grit. They don't like, I, 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 you know, Brock Besser probably disappoints me more than everybody on that team. Cause he's probably the best goal scorer on that team, but he doesn't have to got time. He doesn't seem like he's interested in playing. Yeah. So, it's struggling. It, he's it's he's struggling. Attitude. The whole team. I think the environment that he's in can really wear you down, right? When you're in a losing environment, when you when you don't have 
a large group of players, not even leaders, just a large group of players that are going to find ways to get out of a bad situation. You go back to look at Seattle Kraken and they have no superstar at all, but they have a whole bunch of players, you know, with Yanni Gord, that's won a Stanley cup. And you look at the way that he plays the game. You look at, um, you know, Brandon Tanev that you talked about the way he plays the game, uh, Jared McCann, the, the players that are on this team were never superstars. They were good second and third line players. And they on their team that was having success, the Tampa Bay lightning and, you know, you know, teams like that, the Pittsburgh penguins. And those players were integral pieces to that team having success. And now they're all on the Kraken. They all play the same. You look at their that's defense a, core. That's a really, you're, you're, really good defense but core. You're, but you're they're, they're really good because they are coached very well right now, and they have a different mentality. And I think they're having fun in that locker room together. And when you're having fun in a locker room together and you're working together, you win together. That's not happening in Vancouver, and it's not happening because there's something there's something wrong with the chemistry of the team. And to me, that's why I went back and said, you have to find whatever the biggest cancer is and get rid of it. I, uh, at the start of the year, we did our predictions for East West and I didn't say Vancouver would, I I thought the Pacific division was the weakest division. I still do. And I thought, uh, Vancouver was in a way a sleeper to maybe not make a run to the playoffs or through the playoffs to the finals, but to make the playoffs and maybe go to the second round, a team that nobody would have expected with with the players that they had and Thatcher Demko and Net. Like I just I thought it was, you know, they had a new coach and they were close last year. So to me, massive underachievement. I don't I don't know where the problem lies. Um yesterday I caught this. Tim and friends up in Canada tweeted out Gary Batman says teams won't lose games to increase their draft odds by a couple percentage points. And the quote sounds like this nobody tanks because we have a weighted lottery. Nobody tanks. True or false? I think everybody tries to go out and play hard, but I don't. I do you think that Chicago? Cares Let's not talk about players. Right now? Let's not talk about players. Teams that assemble management that assembles teams to go out and lose. Whether the team and listen, the players- it's a, what? How many? How many years in the last ten years has the worst team in the league not gotten the first pick? Banning expansion draft i mean it's 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 probably 95 percent that the team with the best best odds the last team in the league gets the first pick i mean it's probably happened what twice well it happened with uh connor mcdavid and uh jack eichel year buffalo sabers were the worst team in the league and they lost the lottery to edmonton yep yep and that's bad luck for them but it doesn't happen very often so if you're taking the odds you know, Gary Bettman can say anything he wants, but uh, you, you don't think I, I'm sure the Chicago Blackhawks in their staff and in the in their management aren't getting pissed off at losing games right now. They're not. They're I think they're secretly in, in the back of the room, hoping that they lose games and having the opportunity to get Connor Bedard because this this season's gone. This is lost. To get that one kid can change this whole dynamic of this team, especially if they make a trade for 
for either Kane or Taves at the trade deadline, their 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 trajectory is is that is going like this right now can go like this with one player and one trade, and that's what that, that's how they got to be looking at it right now, right? Yeah. When you're looking at tanking too, don't tank is is the equivalent to me saying that the league doesn't rig the draft when appropriate. But of course, but of course they're gonna. Of course, Bettman's gonna say they don't. They don't rig because he's How gonna many, make this. He's gonna make the, the league sound as 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 respectful and and accountable as possible, legitimate right? as possible. Legitimate. How many yeah. teams in the league do you think tanked this year, Petey? How many do I think tanked? Or yes. went, tried had, to, I think had a mindset going into the season that hey, I think you know, Chicago's whatever. one. I think Columbus is one. I think what Anaheim did they, what did Columbus very... do to tank? I think Chicago's the only one. That's right. Because if you look at Columbus, Columbus did not. Why Columbus did not tank? How do you Chicago get a, tanked? How Anaheim. Get a, yeah, how do you get rid of a forty goal scorer? Right. And Alex Debrinkit, who is 24 years old, and he's a 40 goal scorer. That's a that's an unheard of trade. I mean, they obviously saw where they were going. Two aged veterans and and Kane and Taves. They had to take a chance with Debrinkit to get you know a couple big draft picks and see what was going to happen. They knew about Connor Bedard coming, right? They knew it last summer. They knew this kid was going to be the number one pick, and how big of a of a generational player he is. You don't, can't tell me that these teams aren't looking a year, year and a half into the draft in terms of where they stand. Chicago Blackhawks were one of the worst teams in the league last year, but then they get rid of Alex Debrinkit, their top goal scorer. You don't give up forty goal scorers at twenty four years old. Well, would you get would you give up this, Jr.? Would you give up a kid who played sixty nine games, had twenty two goals and forty eight points? Is this the, is this the kid they sent to Tampa? No, yeah, um, no. This Hagel? is the kid that uh, went. To, this is Dylan Strom. He, I think, he's oh, in Strom. Anaheim now. They literally did not even offer him a contract. He scored twenty-two goals and forty-eight points. Brendan Hagel. They mm-hmm. sent him to Tampa Bay. Um, how about Dominic Kubalik? Fifteen goals, thirty-two points. He had a bit of an off season. Okay, for for his standard, he had only fifteen goals, but. The year before that, you know, he had 17 goals. The year before that, 30 goals. Now he has 33 points in 46 games. He has 14 goals. You know, they they sent Kirby Dak, who was a third overall pick and is still learning. He's still a super yeah. young guy. I it's think, like I, I, think he, literally... I think Kirby Doc Kirby Doc's overrated, but that's that's just my opinion. He doesn't move. And well you know enough. what? He he might be overrated for a third overall pick, Jr. And I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna sit here and and say that he's not. But at the at the ripe age of but, but twenty two right. years but, but, old, but you're right. Given, he's twenty two. Giving, giving away a third pick, you're right, is kind of a crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. when you look at when you go back and you talk about how many teams actually tanked, Columbus Blue Jackets didn't tank. They actually added to their team. When you look at Chicago, who's sitting number two worst team in the league, they they're the only team that egregiously tanked. Anaheim did not. Arizona did not. San Jose did not. These are all teams that did not make any trades, 
to lessen their roster. Vancouver is sixth team. Montreal, Ottawa. Those teams, Montreal made a ton of trades and so did the Ottawa Senators and everybody thought that they were going to be a lot better than what they well, performed this I mean, year. Arizona, Arizona got rid of players, didn't, didn't gain players. Who'd they get rid of? They got rid of, they, they let Kessel go. Um, Which, uh, he's 36 years old, right? I, I know, mean, but, but, he still, but he still could score goals. I mean, he still made the team better. He's not, he's not making the team worse. Well, was he making um, the team better by being there or are you getting worse long-term well, because you're not giving opportunity to a 22 year old or 23 or who, year old? Who, or even better yet. Who did they bring on that made this team better, that team better? Nobody, 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 nobody. So, and that's a team that's been at the bottom. So again, if you're at the bottom and you're at the bottom and you continually do not bring players onto that team that make that team better, maybe players don't want to go there. I don't know. But you, you, you continually have bad seasons and yet you don't bring on players that make a difference that make that team better. There's nobody who I, – I can't remember anybody that's been brought onto that team of high caliber that actually can make that team better. You know, So I don't know. What is, the, what is the best fit? If you, if you could st- sit there and think right now, and we'll only talk about the bottom five teams in the league, JR, because there could be more, but wh- what, what team in the bottom five, do you think that Connor, Connor Bedard would be best suited for? So you have San Jose, Chicago Blackhawks, Arizona, Chicago Blackhawks, for sure, for sure, for sure. Because you have one of the biggest markets. You have one of the biggest media markets. You have one of the, one of the richest teams. You have one of the biggest fan bases. You have a team that's that's an original six team. There's there's no question that Connor Bedard will would. They would better keep the redrafting that you, fucking thing mean, until you, it's you not mean, Chicago. After do you, do you, do you they, mean to tell me that? Do you mean to tell me that the National Hockey League wants Connor Bedard to go to Phoenix? You mean to tell me that the National Hockey League wants Connor Bedard to go to Anaheim or Columbus? Some of the lowest media markets and fan bases in the fucking league, not so much fan bases in Columbus or San Jose right now that is struggling. That has very little media market. There is no, fucking did you say, way. did you say Arizona? Is that what you said? I said, do you think the NHL wants Connor Bedard to go to Arizona? Don't not can, a can chance. I, can I ask you something? Do you think the NHL wanted to carry the burden of the Glendale rank, the Arizona coyotes for all those years and have them be and still doing it? And doing it now today. And JR, you, let me ask you something. Hold on, is Rip, there, Do you think that Gary Bettman sees this as a massive opportunity to finally give Arizona a player that that franchise needs in order to make it sustainable and maybe draw players to Arizona to go play and with a new no. arena? Just like no. they did. Listen, no. Edmonton Oilers leapfrog Arizona, leapfrog the Arizona Coyotes and the Buffalo Sabres in that Lauday draft. And I believe they leapfrogged them no, because, you know Gary, what I say? You because know what? Gary Bettman wanted Connor McDavid in Edmonton. And he probably didn't feel like two teams that blatantly tanked deserved it. So we had the new Rogers Center in, in Edmonton and Rogers Cable just paid multi-billion dollar TV contract up in Canada on like a, okay. I think it was like a, a 12 year deal or something. Yeah. You're talking about Canada to United States. You're talking about Edmonton. 
that hockey is the number one thing to Arizona where they can't fucking they can't get 7000 people into the building because the building doesn't have 7000 people. Now the one thing that Arizona has going for them, okay, is they have a team right now that that competes. They are in a in a building that has 6000 people and the energy is good so it looks better. And they just finished I I believe they just agreed to getting a building built right in the heart of Tempe which is right in the heart of all the hockey fans. And you know what? You so, know what's going to pay for so it all, you, Jr. Austin Matthews and Connor Bedard. No, not not Connor Bedard, but you're going to get Austin Matthews. But I don't think they want a Connor Bedard to go. They don't want both of those players going to a small market team. They they don't want it. But just having to just have just listen. But just those big market building. teams, Jr., are going to sell tickets no matter what. Like you could put anybody in Florida, and you're still going to get. Uh, or in Tampa Bay, and you're still only going to get $140 or $150 for a front row seat for the cup final. But in Toronto, you don't need Matthews, Marner, or Tavares. They're still going to pay at a premium because their fans are hockey yeah, crazy. But you're, losing, you're, 50, you're losing $50 million a year in it's, Arizona every single year. So what if you were to sit there and put a Connor Bedard and an Austin Matthews and, and you would know better than anyone because you played there. You, you played there when it was actually not too bad. It was pretty good to be a uh, Arizona coyote or Phoenix coyote. Do they not have a fan base there that could actually galvanize around that team? If the team they, was good, they've they, been they shit do. every year. They, JR. No, they do. They do. Especially if you put the building where it is, they do. But a lot of these markets that are high hockey markets, and you talk about media too, you, you're you're not going to get the the attention of a Connor Bedard or an Austin Matthews in Arizona. It's, just, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. You know, you're not going to make as much money off those two in Arizona as you would in Chicago. But you might I mean, be able to. But you might be able to close the the gap in the the uh this is all about money in the negative like so i mean i guess what makes arizona more valuable for them to be closer to out of the negative than they are right now or or to have just a, a just high market a new team just continue to make more money um they're, and they're, that they're, they're already going get, to make they're, anyway they're, they're, they're going to get out of their whole the majority of their whole okay by by getting this new building and putting it in the proper place. I mean, they granted. I know they have only six thousand seats. Oh, well, if, right if now, you build it, if but, you build it, they will come. I mean, if you build a new stadium, fans are just going to show up. I mean, I think you need they, something they, to put in that no, stadium because the Oilers were in the same situation. You can build that new stadium in Edmonton, but Leon Drysaddle ain't enough to to draw him in on his own. So here's what we're going to do: we're going to give you Connor McDavid. Yeah. See how pissed McDavid was when that lottery you're, happened. You're, you're, but you're talking about Canada again. You can't. You can't compare Canada to fucking Arizona, Petey. Just can't do it. Listen, it, would it, what, should they go after Austin Matthews, a hometown kid, in a couple years to put into that new building? Yes. But do, you can't tell me that fucking Gary Batman is sitting there thinking he hopes that a generational player like, like Connor Bedard is going to go to fucking Phoenix. Yes, I can. It's you not, know why? Because he, no he, no he got his cup in Carolina. No one said it would work in Carolina, but he got his cup in Carolina. Tampa got Bay's got a few. Anaheim. There's a cup in Anaheim. There's a cu couple cups in L.A. now. Yep. There's a few of those Sunbelt yeah, places that need need to be, you know, 
Atlanta, huge mistake on his watch. Arizona has been a fucking disaster. And now the timetable of a new rank, the timetable of a generational talent. And I just think maybe because because I'm sure the board of directors in the NHL have have had it with the Arizona Coyote ankle or anchor anchors. Of how the, much of the money? How much money, Jr. is in Scottsdale? Where they're going to put the arena? Where they should have put the arena twenty years ago? Okay, See, this is a, this is a thing. This is a thing about the arena where it's going to where it's going. It's going right in Tempe. Okay, Tempe is the centerpiece of Chandler, big big time snowbirds. That's where a lot of people from Michigan, yep. from Minnesota, from Illinois, from Calgary, from Vancouver. Those sound like hockey markets to me. It's called all so the people that have Gilbert, money. Gilbert, Scottsdale, Mesa. It's right there. You're gonna, you're going to get the fans to come. Now, listen, I, I, I totally agree with you. They need, they need a player to fill that, to put in that building. I, and would I like Conor Bedard to go to Phoenix personally? Personally, yes, because it's one of my teams. Now, do I particularly like the organization of, of Phoenix, like the management? No, I don't. But this kid could change it, change the course of of a Sunbelt team. But I would rather I'd rather just take a chance of just going out and, and paying Austin Matthews a hometown kid, because him alone will fill that building. Will yep. fill that building. And listen, you you gotta realize if 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 Connor McDavid and We're the, to leave on, Edmonton quick, Oilers. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Let me let me make this one point. Do you do you think do you think that Gary Bettman gives a shit if Phoenix wins a Stanley Cup? No, he doesn't. He I just wants them be... off the payroll. He just wants them off the payroll and wants them. He, he wants them on the better financial stability plateau. Okay. I I can he, live with that. I I can live with that. I think he would like to. I think Gary Bettman's a businessman, and I think he's prided himself on growing the business from seven hundred million when I came in the league, or one point five billion revenue when I came in, to over five billion now, which is a hell of, of a, hell of a growth spurt. But I, I do think healthy franchises that he placed in certain areas, yeah, um, sure. I think are, I think it matters to him. I think it. And, I think and, it does. It, it, I think before so he exits his his job as the commissioner, I think he would love to be able to say that all thirty two teams in the NHL are um, financially stable, and well, that he would, would love be that. Quite the he, legacy. He would love that. It, it is the legacy for him because you, you you're not going to have a, a, a person come into Arizona say I want to buy the Coyotes to Gary Bettman say I want to move him to KC because he's not going to let him do it. Right. And he says, "Say I'm gonna take him, and I want to move him to Quebec because he's not going to let him do it. Because a, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to fail at a, where he plays the team, and two, he doesn't want to give up a possible franchise in another city, which is a half a billion, six hundred thousand, six hundred million dollar, you know, franchise fee. Now you're going to have someone who's going to go into Minnesota, into Dallas, and someone in the next couple days is going to walk into. It might even be today." Is walking into Gary Bettman's office to try to buy the Dallas Stars, and it's going to ask him to move, move them. And you know, what, you know what Gary's going to say? Fuck no. Why do you think that? Why that? do you think that? What do I think? What that someone's going to walk into the Dallas Stars and ask them to move them? Because I know a lot of people. 
<laughs> I'm not, I'm not laughing that you say that. I'm laughing that that you just kind of casually bring that up that way. Well, <laughs> so that, what the, that, the that, fuck are you that, saying? Are you telling me that someone's going to buy that? Is, is this news? Have, have I overlooked something? Is no, that out there? No doubt. Dallas Stars are up for sale. Are available, and and I know that that people are going in to try to buy them with stipulations. To do, move you th- do you think like what? what and do you, where what, would be the destination that well, they would want to go, Jr. And and not okay, fine. How about this? What kind of backlash do you think happens? Is Dallas? What kind of market is Dallas? Like, I mean, I know they've won a cup. I know they have good fans. I know they have a good team. I understand all that. They've been around for a while, but I, I listen. They're, they're, they're the top team. They're the top team in in the West, right? Them and them and and Vegas. They're the top team in the West. I don't know what their fan base is. What 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 do they average fans per per game? Because every time I look, there's just, I see a ton of seats open. Now. If you have a real good fan base, you have a number one team, and you have some great players like Pavelski and Ben and Sagan and and the uh, those young stud defensemen out there. You have Robertson, you know, one of the best goal scorers in the game. You know, you got a savvy player like like Mason Marchment. I mean, you got a good fucking hockey team down there. You know that that building that building should 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 be relatively full every single night and it's not is that team losing money i think so interesting interesting well something to keep our eyes on thanks for the inside scoop also last thing jack eichel been called out by his coach cassidy in vegas last week he's not doing too hot i think his attitude i think his attitude um unfortunately um out outbids his his talent and that's that's saying something i don't know rev you might think you might agree you might not you know i mean it's very easy to call out your top player when things are not going well you know they lost uh they were winning against new jersey devils last night uh two to one they came back and tied the game and then new jersey won in overtime uh they play arizona they lose four one to arizona they come and beat Washington Capitals 6-2. They lose to Detroit Red Wings 3-2. They lose to Dallas Stars 4-0. They lose to Edmonton Oilers uh, 4-3. I think there's frustration going on. I think uh, the coach is frustrated. I don't think that he likes what he's seeing from his uh, team. And quite frankly, he's not going to be pulling punches. Like Cassidy is a guy that's been around elite high-end players with Patrice Bergeron and Pasternak and Brad Marchand. And he is looking for his leader, his best player to guide the team. And right Mm -hmm. now, Jack Eichel, very apparent that he is not holding up his end of the bargain as the best player. And I can't call him a leader because I don't think he's anywhere near a leader but they need him to step up his game if they're going to continue to have success in Vegas. In his well, last... If, 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 you're, if you're saying that he's not a leader, kind of says the same thing about me, saying that his attitude or his ego out outmatch his, his talent, which is, 
which is pretty big. That's 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 tough, man. That's tough for him. This is not what he needs. I don't give I don't give no. a shit. When you go for a fresh start, I mean, it's okay to have have laps and play and things like that, but man, yeah, you, don't you don't need to that. be you don't need to be you don't need to put up a shit stink to get out of one place to go to another yeah. only to no. kind of have and the you, same, and, 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 same and, you and you don't want to and you don't want to start a, co- a confrontation with your coach and have it have that bad situation with a coach either. So first time there. Both both seasons. Coach first year, Eichel really first year. Really first year. His, his last 10 games in 3 of those games he's produced points. He had an assist in a game. He had a goal in a game and another game. He had a goal and two assists. Okay. So he has five points in 10 games. There's seven games that he had no points. He came back from injury. He went out December 9th with an injury. He came back January 5th. So just go look at where he, when he came back on January 5th, he has three, four, five, five points. And I don't know, nine, 10 games, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Rick just said. Yeah. And three, yeah. Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. But you know, it was good enough. This fucking show was good enough. That's what was good enough. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.